Welcome to the Leader Manager Coach Podcast, where we share knowledge, philosophies, wisdom, and insight to help you on your journey in both sport and life. Introducing your host, Rob Riles. Welcome to the second part of the Dennis Smith interview. This particular part of the interview is Dennis Smith on management. Dennis was a an esteemed member of that 1000 club, along with people like Sir Alex Ferguson, Dario Grady, and so on. And talking to him and listening to his words and hearing the passion in his voice, he was very much his own man. And once again, there are so many lessons for coaches and managers from Dennis. Enjoy. So when you were playing, Dennis, did you know that you wanted to manage or did it just happen? Or did you have this inkling that you wanted to be a, a manager? Oh, I, I knew sooner or later I would be a manager. I, I started at, at school at uh, Queensbury Road because the, the sports teacher left. So I took over running the football team. We got to final and won. Beat me as yeah. the other yeah, people. Yeah. So yeah, you know, so I'd, I'd done it then at, at fourteen, fifteen. Uh, Dennis Wilshaw had I dropped one of the players who was in Dennis Wilshaw yeah. the city squad, and Dennis wasn't particularly what are you doing dropping him? I'm saying, well, he doesn't he doesn't do a job for me. Yeah, yeah. So at, at fifteen, I was making those decisions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I then did Sunday morning football yeah. management. You know, Taylor and Tony Cliff. You know, is it professional footballer now getting up Sunday morning to to, to run a Sunday, Sunday morning? To get some experience, yeah. 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 But I enjoyed it as well. You know? yeah. and, and we were successful. It's fantastic. No, no, Dennis, it's it's fantastic. Um but going on from from there, I mean you blimey, you know, you're one of a few managers who who've done so many games and I'm reading through your book and and you know, you you obviously develop this speciality of almost no-win situations. I mean, you know, the Oxford situations, the Wrexham situations, the York City, even the Sunderland, really, which, you know, massive club like Sunderland, but we're in that time of adversity and you be, kind of became this person that was, it didn't matter how dire it was, you had the ability or the and the desire to go in there and make it better, whatever better is. Whatever um, better is, but I also had the belief in my own ability. And you know, obviously with the Sunderland one, I mean, I left York for the same money to go to Sunderland. You know? <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I didn't have a car. They gave me a car at Sunderland, at, at York. I didn't get you a didn't car know. with the job. Fortunately, somebody sponsored me up there. But, and, and also, didn't you kind of even worry Kate by saying it's going to cost us a few grand if we don't get this right? Well, yeah. I, I mean, what had happened was York wanted compensation. Sunderland weren't prepared to pay, so I said, right, well, we'll do it this way. If I don't get promotion, I'll pay it. If we get promotion, <laughs> you pay it. And fortunately, I mean, I came out in the media. I said, look, if I can't get this club out of this division, you know, I don't deserve the job. Now, if you look now, they've been down there now for the last four or five years in that division, so it isn't that easy. But fortunately, I did it. So... I didn't have to pay any compensation, yeah. but I had to, told Kate, yeah, take extra out on the mortgage for the house. <laughs> yeah. 
you know, because... That's belief, Dennis. That's self-belief. It is self-belief personified. That's belief in my own ability. But you're then also looking at what you're taking over. Sunderland Football Club with gates of 30,000, 40,000. You know, how can they be in what is yeah. now Division 1? It, it's, yeah, it's crazy, yeah. It's crazy. And the passion and the belief and the love that those fans give, you, you didn't want to disappoint them. And it was good for me talking wise because I was doing press conferences twice a day yeah yeah because of the fervour of the, of the need no, for every, it yeah. every street had his own newspaper about football it was ridiculous <laughs> but it, yeah. the passion I loved and now fortunately I was successful with it I had yeah. a couple of promotions with them and a good cup run so yeah that, those sort of things but you get disappointments life's full of Great good eyes and, and disappointments and it's how you bounce back and how you decide what's going to define you. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think, again, you've already touched on this. You, you made sure that you went and lived in the community that you were working in because you felt it was right, you wanted to be part of it because, as you said, the club isn't just this entity that stands on a hill, it's its integrated into the lives of the, the people who, who, who sustain it, really. And you talk, that comes out in your book when, because of the challenges you had at Wrexham with all the stuff that, you know, you managed to get a club that was hanging by a thread, similar stuff at Oxford, you know, and, and I think you recognise that. And again, you, you talk about the, t the time when you actually went to the Oxford supporters and tried to stand in front of the terraces and, and, and talk to them about what, what wasn't going well. It wasn't, and any other manager would have gone up the tunnel. And Dennis, we all know that because it's not the time to, you know... Try to explain. Perhaps, perhaps <laughs> it wasn't the most sensible thing to do at the time. And But you think, and you think, well, look, you know, I mean, I was putting my own money in and, you know... Selling players I didn't want to amazing. sell. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I, there was, I didn't want to sell players. No, yeah, no. I wanted, yeah, I didn't want to sell Matty Elliott and people like that. It'd be bonkers. Mm. But I had to. It was right for the club. And I had to try and keep the club afloat. And I had that problem at, say, at Wrexham when they were in the administration. I had to basically run it. We're the only... They're the only football club ever to win a trophy while in administration. administration. Yeah, and yeah, that when everything was down, that gave the whole area a lift. Yeah, absolutely. So it, there is, uh, I get my pleasure out to try putting smiles on pe people's faces, whether they talking outside the school gate or at the, at the bar or in the pub. So people are talking about the football and how much they're enjoying it. and yeah, Because it, it's such a big talking point in a lot of, a lot of communities. And, and I think, yeah, I think one of the things that's endeared you, Dennis, to, to the, the fans of the club that you played for and as a manager from reading your book is your honesty because, you know, the Oxford situation where you attempted to speak to the supporters in the Sunderland, I think it was a Sunderland press conference where you'd, I think you'd signed somebody that just hadn't, it hadn't worked out. The player had had a nightmare since he'd been there and uh, all the, the media guys are wanting to, to kind of say to you, come on Dennis, admit it. And you did and you just come out and it, and you, it changed the whole atmosphere of the so press conference. Yeah. It hasn't worked. Yeah, it happens. You know, 
I cannot name one manager ever, from Alex down, Alex Ferguson down, or Sir, I should call Alex. But <laughs> yeah, Sir Alex, yeah. <laughs> you know, who hasn't made bad signings? Mm. We do. Mm. Yeah, you know, because no matter how much homework you do and how much you try, you don't know the person till you work with them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, and then when you start working and trying to blend their way they do things in with what you're trying to do, Sometimes it doesn't work. Yeah, and it might be he's having problems with the wife at home because she doesn't want like the area or the children are not happy at school. Oh. Or, you know, they're human beings and they've got the other problems as well, which yeah. they, they bring yeah. with them. And you have to try and deal with those, but try and then pacify him and get yeah. him playing. And, then, and I think from listening to you and, and you know, some of your anecdotes in, in, your, in your book, and again, you know, I suppose it's a bit of a... Um, the way that Cluffy talked about it, he always said, "Look, football's not about tactics; it's about players." And, and reading the people you signed and re-signed again sometimes, and had great faith in, and, and you knew what type of player you wanted for a particular job. And you also talk about this, and this may be just my perception, Dennis, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you talk about having this goalkeeper that's a solid position in your back four, which obviously. It, the Stoke team that you played in when it was at its best, you had that, blimey, you must have had the back four, best back four, you know, anywhere in the world at that point. But um, you, you talk about having that basic structure that, that gives you a chance of success. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I love attacking football because I was brought up with Alan Hudson, the Georgies, the, you know, the Jimmy Greenoffs, you know, the Dennis Violet before that, you know, the, there's so many good players. I was fortunate to see Stan play when he second time he came back. You know, I was brought up with Stoke at that time with creative players. Yeah. And everybody talks about Tony Waddington, about all the creative players he had. But when you look, look at all the defensive players he had in his size, the Maurice Setters, the Eddie Clamps, you know, Calvin Palmer's, you know, some absolute... Yeah. Headbangers, but they could defend. Yeah. And, and he made sure he had a solid base. They always tried to get the best goalkeeper. Yeah. You know, and I love to entertain. I think, you know, it's an entertainment business. You want you know, the players to go out there and yeah, entertain. Yeah, yeah. But you've got to be able to do that entertaining from a solid base. Yeah. Yeah. And you've got to go, right, this is yeah. where we start from. Yeah. Get this right, then we can start painting the picture. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, again, there's a, there's a good few stories from your management career, Dennis, where you've even got your own players coming to the dugout saying, get such a body off, get such a body off, because he's having a nightmare. And you've got this faith that you know he can, he can pop it in the net. And, you know, nine times out of ten, you've left him on and he, and he, and he might have popped one in in the 89th, you know. Goal scorers, especially lower down the leagues, are... Sometimes you're looking at people say he can't do this, he can't do that, and he can't trap, and he doesn't make these runs. Then you say, How many does he score? And he's got th three. Did I ever tell you the story? I don't know if I put it in the book about uh, when I was at Bristol City and I'd been talking to George Graham at Arsenal. Right. He'd been telling me, You've got this young player who's giving him an asshole because he thinks he should be in the first team. I thought, oh, Right, who is he? Andy Cole. I've gone, right, okay, I'll send somebody to watch him. So sent my coach to watch him, came back, and he's 
he's gone. I've gone, what do you think? He's gone, no, Gaffer. I said, why? He says, well, he can't do this and he can't do that and he can't do the other. I said, well, did he get any? Oh, he scored two. <laughs> and I'm going... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. So don't tell me what he can't, can't do. Tell me what he can, can do. do. Uh, and yeah, obviously I signed Andy at Bristol and he was brilliant. But Coley was the same. I mean, I, he, he, he brilliant player. But he's going, Gaffer, I can play, you know, I can come short and I can join it. I said, but I've got Jakanowski who can you do, do that. that. You sit on people's shoulders and terrify them and run and get in the box. Yeah. You'll make yourself a fortune. Just go and enjoy yourself in their box. And he did. I mean, the, the kid was brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and But you get people who tell you what people can't do. And I want to know what they can, can do. do. Yeah. And, yeah, and it's because you go, well, he's not good at this. Right, okay. Is that going to affect my team? Where can I fit that into the team? Yeah, yeah brilliant. Yeah. What he's good at. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely. And then, okay, we need perhaps need somebody a bit, dropping a bit deeper there to fill in the things he can't okay. do. Yeah. Yeah. And so you're, you're building the team. Tell me about the one player, Dennis, that you said is the only time it, of, that somebody's changed your opinion on them, Dennis Lawrence. Oh, yeah. I mean, Dennis Lawrence, a Trinidad centre half, six foot six, and I'd taken over at Wrexham, and they've got these three t Trinidadians, and yeah. But I'd looked at the previous ten games, and Dennis had played in centre half in them, and without being rude, he was hopeless. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. being polite. Yeah. He, 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 he did everything the centre half shouldn't, shouldn't do. do. So I've just got, he'll never play for me ever again. There's no way he'll ever get into my team. Like we'll need a centre half in the end. Yeah. So yeah, I get into the offices and everything, get a knock on the door. This fellow looms in and it's Dennis Lawrence. Take a seat, what can I do for you? He's gone, Gaffer, I know you're not happy with you know, telling me I, you, know, you don't fancy me. I said, on what I've seen, Dennis, no. But he's turned around to me and gone, well, tell me what you want me to do, what do you want me to improve on? In fair play, he's pulled me up. And I've gone, right, if we can work on this and we can work on that, and we can work on... He says, right, I'll be out this afternoon. And he worked on the lot and became the captain of the side. It's an amazing and story, isn't it? Got on to play for Trinidad in the World Cup. Well, I mean, from, from you know, from you, who, who obviously knows a player, um, to actually say you've got so many faults but then in a period of time have that humility to come in ask the question go away and put the work in and then turn out to turn that into a highly successful career that that's that's a lesson in itself Danny so that can, it can be done from this point of view mm. it proved me wrong because yeah. I've looked at these and I've gone there's no way he's all over the shop he's got yeah. no idea how to do the job yeah yeah but his attitude was first class Came in, worked, top man. Yeah. So we've talked about you recognising players. We've talked about being able to gel individuals to, to bring them together to do to do jobs. If you were talking to a young coach today who's got ambition to be better themselves and go on in the game, then if what? Is there anything you'd say to them uh, about themselves and about their own development and, 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 and 
What, what would you say to them from somebody who's got over a thousand games at that level? Smile and enjoy it. Right. Because it's an opportunity very few people get. You must be good to get into the situation you're in at the moment if you're thinking that way. Mm. Okay. How am I going to make this better? It's not all going to go right for you. Mm. You know, there is going to be obstacles. It's a dog-eat-dog world. Mm. And footballers, but especially management, there's 92 big jobs out there. That's mm. it. Mm. Yeah, so it's a very limited market. Mm. But you've got to believe that you're good enough. Mm. And you've got to go out there and prove you're good enough. Mm. And getting that opportunity is not always easy. That's, mm. But if you can get opportunity anywhere, don't go, well, I'm better than that. Go and take it and prove you're better than that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because, it, you know, I mean, I went to York City. I remember I, I used to drive home uh, from training at Stoke with Howard Kendall. And Howard being Howard always wanted to stop for a pint. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. We stopped for a pint and yeah. have a chat. But we both wanted to go into management and we're all saying what sort of club we want and how we're going to do it. And he got Blackburn, I got York. I think he might have got Yeah, it. it's got the wrong one here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but it was, you know, we were both passionate about what we wanted to do and how we wanted yeah. to do it. But people go, York must be bonkers. But I'd gone in there and saw the potential with, on some of the players. I mean, there's a lad called John Byrne yeah. who was training in, in the gym because they said he was allergic to grass. <laughs> and I asked what the problem was because I looked and thought, well, he can actually trap it. And yeah, he can pass play. It. And, you know, he, he got asthma. So you just solved that one and you got a player, yeah. Yeah, I mean, no, I just kept him. He was brilliant. So, you know, got, yeah, he went on to have a great career with mm. Brian and Republic of Ireland and everything yeah. else. But he was, they were trying to get rid of him at York. Yeah. And, yeah, there was so many things at clubs at times that players don't get the right opportunity you should all you should go in with an open mind and look yeah because don't believe that you know well he's hopeless and he's hopeless have a look yourself have a, get as many videos or whatever games and have yeah. a look and get a general feel of them obviously you go in some clubs you've got an idea of what the players yeah, are yeah. but you still don't know them as people. Yeah. So you have to get to know them as people and get to know their strong characters, your weak characters. But you need them all. Yeah, yeah. My thing with my coaches was, look, no matter what problems we've got with him, let's look after him. We need him sadly. Get the best out of him. We need, you know, we've got to morally coddle certain players. Certain players turn up, train and away and no problem. Others, you know, yeah, high maintenance, low maintenance. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so many different things. Characters, yeah. And, and you've got to deal with them if you you need them on Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. They're there. Your job is to make sure they go out and perform on Saturday. Yeah. If they don't, you've got to look at yourself first. Yeah. What did you do wrong? Perhaps he'd been having a bad week. I should have picked him, or he'd been, you know. I mm. should have perhaps still picked him. Yeah. yeah. There, there is all different uh, scenarios that you've got to judge yourself on, but you've got to be prepared to judge yourself. So it's that ba balance, Dennis, of having that self-belief. Um, going back to, again, what you said earlier, you, you were prepared to learn. You had this learning. You've had it all your life, but I can just tell by 
by, by what you you know the lessons you, you talk about as a player when you wanted to overcome the you know the the situation where you thought flipping I've been too rash I've given these penalties away this you know I've got to change this you know you weren't arrogant and saying well it's tough you know I'm right and again with your management you're saying you you know look I'm prepared to listen I'm prepared to open my mind up I might not take it on board I might not agree with it but at least I've filtered it and, and you know, yeah, I've made a decision on it, but I've listened to it. You can't just go no. Mm. If people have got opinions, listen and then make your own opinion. Yeah, because we don't know what we don't know, do we? Sometimes, no. no. Yeah, you'd be surprised. You go, ah, I never thought of that. Why yeah. didn't I see that? Yeah. yeah. Some things are staring you in the face. You miss. Yeah. You know, nobody's perfect. Yeah. And I've got to ask you this question. This is a, because obviously. I think, and you talk about again in your book a little, that this might have happened, it might not. You never managed the club that you played for, um, and it just as life transpires, it, it it never came around. And you talk about, you know, and how you had conversations with you, you know, with Kate about it, and and, and you know she kind of had their opinions and that. And um, well, I think you know it's important that people realise that you, again. If you go, if I'm, if you're going to be successful in management, you need a good partner. Yeah, yeah. Because they have to put up with, with a it. lot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. People just take for granted. Again, don't look at you as human beings. Yeah. Kate had to get the children out of school, move them to other schools, sell the house we were in. Another <laughs> get house, the other one sorted out. Get another one sorted. Out. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't be there. She'd be, you know, she had to do all that and support me and, you know, and make sure. So, you know, the, the amount of work that Kate put in to making this successful is massive. Mm. But, yeah, you're, you're always looking at what about Stoke. When I was at York, there was talk about me coming to York before I went to Sunderland. And one of the directors, when they were coming to see me, apparently died a couple of right. days before. Yeah. So that, and I might have done it then, but Sunderland came in. I went to Sunderland and the other jobs came. And when I was at Sunderland, uh, Peter, you know, Offered me a, mm. a, a, a mm. job. I've known Peter Coates for a few years because I was. Uh, we started Signal Radio together. I mean, right. Peter, Peter was the instigator, but I was one of the directors. Right. And yeah, I learned a lot from Peter. Yeah, I was still a player then, but he, you know, business-wise, and mm. Peter was the chairman of this uh, consortium we put together, and I was part of the consortium to to start Signal Radio. Mm. So. Um, so I've known Peter from that a long time, a yeah. long time, yeah. and absolutely unbelievably bright fella. Mm. And you know, he offered me you know a deal to to go back to Stoke, and as his good lady tells me regular, I'd be a lot richer now. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I was thinking about it and Kate said she wasn't keen on the idea yeah. she, she loves the area and everything else but she just said imagine the booze and then chanting Smith out and you go yeah I believe you, know, you think well it will never happen I'll be successful but 
I've been successful at the majority in the other clubs, yeah, yeah. but they still come and stay. Yeah, there. yeah. When they don't want you, when they don't want you, it happens in, in football management. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no matter what, when we had it with, with Tony Pulis here, I know it's unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah, I mean Tony was brilliant, but it comes to stay. Yeah, when, yeah, people yeah. go. You're not satisfied anymore. Yeah. No, so um. It's a great story, Dennis. It's oh, a great story. Yeah, I mean, I got a choice, and uh, there's no point looking back and having regrets. No, and I think here you are. Your life's fit. I mean, you your life's been absolutely rampacked with with challenges and football and playing and management, and you're still you're still giving now. You you know, you talk about your LMA stuff and your media work. You you're still involved in it in, in, in what you love which is just magnificent for me oh yeah I mean I've been working this week on works permits transfer deadline date <laughs> right normally we we sit as a group down in Wembley and this is for for, for the FA, FA. For works permits well you, you're working for the home office actually right the, uh, yeah uh, it's, it's an home office thing yeah but it's they pass it on to the FA so we usually sit in doing it in uh, in Wembley. Yeah, yeah. Just waiting around to see what comes yeah. in last minute, which needs yeah the panel to sit on it. And so started we started nine o'clock on Tuesday. Right. And uh, the first one in Sunderland, so I can't do it. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so the next one. Yeah, yeah, we changed panels at two o'clock and then okay. I came back on again at six or four. Oh, right. So you don't know all the stuff that goes on, do you? They, no. they keep changing. Yeah. And obviously some people can sit on some and some can't. people can't sit on others. So I couldn't sit on the first one which came in. So I I enjoy, yeah, I work for the FA. I, up till last year, I was working for the Premier League as a match delegate. So I enjoyed that was with the referees and that, yeah, that was good fun. And I have different things. I'm president of uh, Stoke City All Boys right. Association, which I enjoy. We have good meetings. We see most a lot of the lads on a Tuesday morning when we go walking. I mean, I'm on the board of Stoke City Community. Yeah. So I get involved with things there and know what people don't realise again. You know, Stoke City, well, Stoke City, the community spent 1.8 million in the community last year. Right, fantastic. That's massive. Yeah, yeah, and fantastic. People just don't, don't realise. No. And it's, you know, so there's, yeah, I've got a lot of interests and different things, and I try and keep myself busy. Yeah. I enjoy, I'm fortunate, I enjoy life, and I left my children in nice places. Yeah, yeah, well, <laughs> so go and visit. it's all very in great detail about how lovely Durham was and, and, and you know when you were up that way and stuff so yeah, and, and uh, Oxford Oxford York Durham beautiful places but Wrexham I made good friends over at Wrexham I've been trying to arrange meeting up with them this yeah. week you know uh, and they were, they were, they were the friends I've got over there. Not football supporters, they're rugby, they're Welsh. They got, yeah, yeah. they got a problem, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they can't help it. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, yeah. friends I've got over there. Yeah. You know, the, the, there is always different people in different places that you you you, you get bonds with, and you try and yeah. You know, one of my best friends 
still lives in Durham. Yeah. Yeah. So I haven't seen much of him of late. I spoke to him last week, the week before. Yeah. 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 Uh, and it's, it's cricket more than football. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, there there is uh, different people come into your lives at different ways, and to have that variety, you're very fortunate. Yeah, no, it's beautiful, Dennis. Dennis, I can't, you know, in an hour we've been through your childhood, your playing career with uh, into your management, and we've covered. All all the points that I thought you know needed sharing from it, you know, blimey, I could sit here till six o'clock, but um, I can't thank you enough for that. And um, down the pub at half five. Oh, five. Yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> but um, I really appreciate it, mate. And uh, thanks ever so much for taking the time. It's been absolutely, it's been a great hour, and uh, I've loved it. So thanks ever so much. Pleasure, Rob. Bless you, mate. Thank you. Leader Manager Coach Podcast is available via the Leader Manager Coach app. Download it now to access the rich resource of unique, insightful and educational material to help you on your own journey in football, sport and life. Leader Manager Coach. For the game. For life. Available now on Google Play and Apple App Store.